Hey, CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman Show. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and we are back this week with another really exciting success story that I am so excited to share with all of you. I want to introduce you to Nicole Hess. Nicole is a self-made millionaire who went from being a broke bartender to a seven-figure CEO in just 13 months. Girl, you are going to tell us all about this because this is what we all want. Nicole has empowered thousands of entrepreneurs in the online world to monetize their skill set and results. The ripple impact that Nicole has had in the online world is just the beginning, as their clients have, has her clients have not only made millions of their own, but also have clients sitting, hitting seven figures in their businesses as well. So we are talking, Nicole's impact is far and wide spreading. Nicole has accomplished so much in such a short amount of time as a result of her unique perspective on the world of sales. She stands firmly against traditional pain point tactics and uses her traditional signature strategy of catalyst marketing to attract true unicorn clients. Nicole, I am so excited to have you here and I could not agree more about what you're talking about. So I am so excited to dive in. So great to be here, Christy. I can't wait to tell you all the secrets. I'm terrible at keeping secrets. So Good, we all need them. You have an incredible story from being a bartender to a seven-figure CEO. Can you just give us an outline of how that happened, what got you there, and what brought you to where you are today? Well, once upon a time, I got fired. (laughs) That's where we like to start. Incredibly motivating. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was really successful in the bar industry. I was like kick-ass, take-names kind of person. I was the president of the Bartenders Guild. I was winning international cocktail competitions, running all over the world, traveling, doing all the things. And I was absolutely, completely, and totally miserable. Obviously, in bartender land, it's it's a lot of drinking and it's a lot of like required <laughs> drinking, right? And so I was in that industry forever and I always thought that I was going to stay there. I thought, always thought I was going to open my own bar. That was the plan. I had even bought a property when all of these things had happened. And it's just kind of crazy how life comes and like redirects. Right? <laughs> I made this crazy decision one day where I decided to stop drinking. And nothing happened. I didn't get a DUI. There's no big cool story about it. I was actually, I just had a one night stand. (laughs) I had a one night stand. And he told me that he hadn't been drinking in nine years. And I was like, wait, you have one night stands when you're not drinking? Like, wow. (laughs) How did this happen? And so I had that feeling like, well, okay, if he could do it, I could do it. And I woke up that day. I was driving home from his house. As you do, walk of shame style. And I had this voice that came into my head. And I was like, I just can't live like this anymore. And usually that would send me back down to that like anxiety, depression, suicidal spiral. But today, for whatever reason, everything just changed. And there was this one single voice that came in, which, of course, now I know is like my higher self. But back then I was like, who's, <laughs> you know, but this voice just said, so don't. And it was like the thought had never occurred that I could just change, that I could become a different person. Like I had never envisioned that for myself or gave myself any sort of permission to change. So I got onto Facebook and I made a statement because, you know, it's not real if you don't put it on social media. And I was like, I'm not going to drink for a year. Right. And everyone was like, "Uh, what is it like April Fool's or something? (laughs) But I did it. I decided not to drink for a year. And I actually did hold myself to that. But six months through that, I got fired from both of my jobs. Like, Christy, do you have any idea like how like terrible I was behind the bar when I was drinking? Like, I was terrible. 
but I quit drinking and they didn't like that. It was like you lose the identity, right? Yeah. And so life comes in and shifts everything for you. And so I got fired from both of my jobs in the same month. I went to Bali with my mom and I had this like really just life changing kind of experience where I realized because it's six months into not drinking, I had no coping skills now. Right. And I was standing on the beach in Bali and I realized how frequently I told myself that I was worthless, which I know is something that we can all relate to where we beat ourselves up. We hurt ourselves. We have this intrusive thought pattern that comes in. And I realized this. It was like the first time that I'd ever really seen it. I don't know, third party or something. And I decided, I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I made that commitment. I said, I will never tell myself that I'm worthless ever again. And all sorts of doors started to open after that. Three weeks after I got home from Bali, I met my husband, right? We had this kind of whirlwind romance. We got engaged super fast in Greece and Santorini. It was amazing. Oh <laughs> no, it's just like fairy tale, right? And then I fell into a Facebook ad funnel, like long before I knew what a Facebook ad funnel was. And I actually, I bought something when I really didn't have any money because I hadn't been working. <laughs> and I blew through all my savings. Um, and I bought something on a really high interest credit card. Um, and I bought an online course that taught me how to do Facebook ads. Um, and that was like the step, you know, I think that a lot of people think that you just like, you make one decision and then you make a million dollars. Like, no, it's a series of decisions, right? Like you quit drinking and then you, you know, quit putting all the self-sabotage into your head. You replace it with better thoughts. And then you get into this place of making different decisions in your life. And that Facebook ad funnel changed my life. Now it turns out I'm really, really shitty at Facebook ads. But <laughs> what I wasn't shitty at was getting clients. And so when I got in there and I had never done any of this before, I had no audience, nothing. I came in and I got 10 high ticket clients in my first six weeks. And the coach inside of that program was like, how did you do that? <laughs> and please teach everyone else. And so I taught the other people in that program. And then he told me, he's like, you need to stop doing Facebook ads because you're terrible at them. And you need to come over here and you need to be a client attraction coach. And I said, cool, what's that? <laughs> and so then I did it. I built a Facebook group. And in the first four months, I made $150,000. My eighth month, I did $125,000 in November of 2020. And then by my 13th month, I'd made a million dollars and just haven't stopped since then. It's been three years. We just hit three million this week. And so we've just been kicking ass and taking names. Amazing. I love that. And I love that you even talk about like the steps in your journey. Like you had to decide to tell yourself that you were worth investing in order to get this course. And no, that wasn't the thing that maybe taught you to do what you do now. And I think that's such an important thing because I find all the time I invest in things that may not themselves pay off, but they paid off in another way right? You learned from that. You did something from that. So it's incredible to see all the steps that really, like you said, led to it. And, and while it may seem like, yes, you had all the success so instantly, it wasn't just that one decision. It was the decision to take care of yourself and stop drinking and do all those incredible things. So I want to talk about more, you know, you obviously have a gift for client attraction and really bringing in these high ticket clients. And I know you have said you have your signature catalyst marketing method. Can you talk a little bit about that and the ways that you were able to use this to really change, obviously, what that coach had ever seen before? Yeah. When I came in, there's, there's a way to do sales, right? Everybody knows the way to do sales, right? And so it was like following those steps. And 
I didn't have any exposure to any of this. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's like you just didn't know you couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> like I just had no idea. And so this coach taught me like the steps of sales. And one of those steps was to like really hurt people. Right. It was like ask them really like painful questions of, well, what happens if you don't change all of these things? And what are your kids going to think about you if you fail? And like these like really nasty things. And I was like, Ew, like I, this doesn't feel good. Like, I don't like doing this to people. And I was in a narcissistic abuse relationship <laughs> for longer than I should have been. And with physical abuse, he actually stole my identity and racked up 30 grand worth of credit card debt. He took my passport and my phone when we were in Bangkok and left me. I mean, it was like crazy. And so when I was listening to this style of sales, like of teaching about pain points, all I could think about was that ex of mine, right? And I was like, this is exactly what he used to do to me. Like he would build me up and make me feel really good about myself and then tear me down in these like really intricate ways to get me to do what he wanted. And so when I saw that sales pattern, I was like, this is exactly the same thing. I was like, I'm not doing this shit. And you have to. And I was like, the fuck I do. I don't have to do anything. Like I will do something different. And he's like, it won't work. And I'm like, it will. <laughs> so I changed it and I went through and I understood the mechanics of why it worked, right? And so then I created a different way of doing this. If you've seen Monsters, Inc., right? At the end of the movie, they find out that the laugh is so much more powerful than the scream. And so I, did, I just asked myself a different question. I was like, what do these people actually need? Why are they not taking action? Why are they not going all in on themselves? Why are they not spending the money? Simply because you don't think you're going to get results. Right. So me sitting here tearing you apart and then making you buy from a place of fear, even though we're moving in the same direction towards a sale. Right. There's not the sale. And then there is the path that's to the sale. Moving in that direction from a place of running from a T-Rex that's chasing after you is completely different than running towards the million dollars you actually desire. You run differently when you're running from a place of desire. And so I asked myself, how can I create a sales process that allows people to take action from wanting what they want and believing in themselves so wholeheartedly that they go all in? How can I create a marketing system that creates that kind of belief in people? And that's what I did through Catalyst Marketing. And that's what I teach my clients to do. And the funny thing is, it's faster. It's faster than pain point. And not just because of the sales cycle, but also because once people get into my program, I didn't beat them up. I didn't punch them in the face so they don't have to heal from all of the trauma of the sales process. So they're able to take action in the modules faster and they get results faster, which of course perpetuates my momentum of sales because every testimonial that comes in leads to more clients. I love that. And even I have my whole business owner life been super like unattracted to the whole pain point marketing thing because kind of like you said when you beat someone down and they I feel like people almost feel like they have to do that or like they don't do it out of a place of want or they want to be propelled forward they're like being pushed forward and they're like okay I'm here but I don't really want to be so how much can they really continue to take action if they don't have that deep desire So really talking about it from, you know, okay, you attract people's desires and what they want to. How do you kind of figure this out? You get on the phone with them, talk to somebody. How do you know what those desires are to attract to? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, intrinsically, we believe that everybody wants success and everybody comes onto a call and they say, I want clients. I want money. They say those things, but really 
nobody really understands that every coin comes with two different sides. Okay. So you might be able to say, okay, I want 10K months. I want 30K months, whatever it is. And everybody wants that. But it's like, okay, but do you want to pay taxes? Do you want to have to learn to be financially responsible? Do you want to have that conversation with your spouse when you start making more money than him? Do you want your friends and family to be reaching out to you every day and asking you for help and money? Because you probably don't want all of those things. So it's helping people to understand that what they say they want isn't actually accurate. And so they, I think that we kind of get in a loop, right? Where it's like, if you have something that you want, you keep saying it over and over again, right? You're like, I just wish I had the guy. I just wish I had the money, whatever it is. And so you keep saying that and you forget what it actually means. So when they get onto the calls with me, I ask them, I say, okay, so it says here on your intake form that you want to make $30,000 a month. Okay, that's amazing. So tell me, how many clients is that? You would not believe how many people have not thought of that. Just that one simple question. I'm like, how many clients is that? And they like have to do the math. You know? And I'm like, this is the problem right here, right? You don't know how many clients that takes. And so it's like, okay, if they're 5K clients, that's six clients a month. I'm like, okay, so can your systems currently handle six clients a month? Can you onboard them? Can you train them? Can you get them into their one-on-one calls or whatever it is? And they kind of get wide-eyed and they look at me and they're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, so you're literally asking for something that you don't have clarity on. So let's walk through this. Say you have those six clients a month. Tell me about your onboarding system. Okay. So they tell me all the things and I'm like, okay, here's a hole here. Here's a hole here. And here's a hole here. But inside of the program, we can fix all that. We can flush everything out so that you have a streamlined onboarding process. And so that helps them to understand. And I'm like, okay, what about delivery? How will you deliver to this? And it's not just six clients because it's the six clients from last month and the month before that and the month before that. So now you have a hundred people in your day-to-day delivery. How are you managing that? And they're looking at me like, I'm not. And I'm like, okay, inside of the program, we can work through those delivery systems so that you can actually sustain this kind of growth pattern. And they start to deregulate where they start to emotionally hold that place where they're like, oh, I can do this. I just haven't set these things up correctly. And this person is going to help me because she can see what I'm not seeing. And so they start to build that belief that it's possible for them and that inside of the program, they'll get the support that they need in order to achieve these things. So basically, I help them to eliminate the fear of the unknown because we're all scared of the unknown. It doesn't matter who you are. You are afraid of the unknown because the unknown represents death. It's change. And so once we can get really clear on the vision of how this will actually work and what all of the pieces are and where all the holes are, people start to feel assured. And then they purchase from a place of self-assurance instead of a place of fear. Yeah, that's super insightful, especially saying there there are two sides that come with success and, and what people want. And for them to get there, they not only have to hit that number, hit that goal, they have to be prepared for it as well or getting there isn't really that success they thought they wanted. That's something I find with my clients all the time. They have an arbitrary number or a thought or a thing. And you're like, why is that? I work a lot with money and goal setting and why those are our goals. And I think it's so common just in the business world to be like, well, I want to make 120% of what I did last year or, you know, or 30,000 months, $30,000 a month. That sounds like a good number. And you're like, okay, but why? What is that going to do for you at the end of the day? Because you told me you wanted to start this business because you wanted more time with family. But now you have a hundred people in your community that you are having to manage and you don't have the bandwidth to then spend time with your family. Like why? (laughs) We're misaligned. So I think that's really, really important for you to be able to see that and really understand what comes with each level of success. Of course, being there yourself has really helped you see 
what comes with each level of success. So as you have grown over time, what would you say are some of the biggest things you learned, you know, at each stage? Obviously, it happened very quickly for you, but at each stage of success, what were some of the things that you learned throughout your journey? I think first and foremost, it's acknowledging that each and every step, each and every every layer, every jump is going to come with its new set of problems. And I feel like people that haven't had that jump yet are like assuming that there's no money problems up here. Oh my gosh, I can tell you otherwise. I work with million, multi-million dollar business owners. Let me tell you, cash flow is a problem (laughs) at every stage, every stage. Yeah, and there's going to be a new set of solutions that you need to create at every single frequency. You think you're like, okay, I'm going to make $10,000 a month and that's going to solve all my problems. It's like that is going to solve some of the existing problems that you have but it's going to create new problems that you don't have the solutions for. And you have to be in solution orientation in order to accept because subconsciously you're protecting yourself from new problems. So if you are the kind of person who doesn't like to solve problems, you will not ascend. So you must build the desire and the relationship with your problem solving part of your brain and say, hey, you and me are going to be really good friends for this. One of the things that I tell my clients is like, hey, just start doing puzzles. Just put them on your desk while you're on the like, client calls. Maybe I need to start doing that. Is this my puzzles. fatal flaw? <laughs> just do puzzles because it will turn on that part of your brain and help you to feel solution oriented throughout the day. And you need those micro doses of it. And so it's knowing that there's going to be a new problem in every single frequency, right? And learning to invite the challenge. All of the opportunities are within challenges. Opportunities don't come from nowhere. They come from a challenge that you get to overcome. And so replacing the language patterns around, I have to solve this problem. No, I get to become the person who's capable of solving this problem. And falling in love with that growth pattern, with that improvement pattern, is the best thing that you can do for yourself at each and every one of those frequencies because the foundation is the same. It's just the jump is different. The problem is a little bit different, right? But you becoming the person who solves the problem, that's the same at every single level. Whether you're making 100 grand a month or 500 grand a month, it's the same. Yeah, and I think it's so important for someone who truly wants to embrace their role as a CEO to say, okay, I am going to run this company wherever it goes. I am going to grab onto the problems in front of me and accept them. Because if you get to a point where you say, it's very easy to say, well, I I don't want to deal with a team, so I'm not going to grow to the point of having a team. And I can understand that. And first of all, I do want to say, if that is not part of what makes you happy and what gives you fulfillment, totally fine to just stay where you are. But if you are someone who's like, no, I really want to grow this business, but I'm going to hold myself back because I think it's scary to develop a team, like that is where you're literally stopping yourself from success because you are just scared of the next step. To say those two things that mismatch is the sabotage pattern. To say, I want to make a million dollars, but... I don't want to learn new skill sets. It's like that is where all the suffering comes in is because you created an incongruency in what you're saying and how you're behaving. If you can align those two things of what you say you want and what you are actually doing to support those desires, that's when things move very quickly. So during your journey to your million dollar success, what were what do you think were some of the most essential things that you learned how to do and developed as a leader and skill sets you added. Everyone hates sales, right? <laughs> like that's just part of it. But sales is 60% of what you do. And 
understanding that sales doesn't just qualify you for like actually getting money for your business. When you are really proficient in sales, you also get really good at selling your team on this new idea, right? On selling your clients on themselves <laughs> every day, again and again and again, right? So sales is an essential skill set. And if you're trying to avoid sales, I mean, that that is going to do nothing but cause suffering. Just stop avoiding sales and really dive into it because it is the number one skill set that you absolutely need. And then I would say after that, understand the, understanding the difference between teachership and leadership is massive. You can get pretty far with teachership. You can really like muscle to a million dollars with teachership. But if you are not including a leadership style model within the back end of your business, within the way you run yourself, and the way that you are running your clients, if you are coming from a place of teachership, you will always attract people that are in the struggle, that are in that thing of like, how do I do this and how do I do that, who are not self-led. And so if you want to be able to attract people who are self-led, not just in clients, but in your team, then you yourself must become self-led. So if you are constantly in teachership with yourself, you are not going to be able to transcend that, at least not for very long, and you won't be able to hold that frequency. Yeah, that's actually a really great point to think about. You say you do want to attract these clients that are self-led. Of course, for me, of course, for a lot of our listeners, that is a huge thing, wanting to attract people who they have the foundations, they're good, they're willing to act. They just need a little bit more to get to the next level, but they don't need you to constantly be acting for them. So I think that is an incredible point that you bring up really about making sure that leadership. Do you kind of subscribe to a certain model of leadership or read books? Or what are some of the things that you have found has taught you to be a better leader? So at some point in this, I made a decision, like a conscious one, where I no longer wanted to learn from example. You know how you tell yourself that? I learn from other people's mistakes. I learn from example, right? I learn from books. You tell your learning story the same way you tell your money story, right? And so you're telling yourself, this is how I learn. At some point in this journey, I decided I no longer wanted to learn in those ways. I wanted to learn in the mechanism of osmosis. So I tell myself I learn through osmosis. And so I don't even need proximity to learn because I believe in the collective knowing. And so if I'm willing to learn through osmosis, then all I have to do is to tap into that style. And so for me, it's just really pinpointing the clarity and saying, this is the kind of leader that I want to be. So it doesn't even have to be somebody that I know. I choose to learn through that collective knowing. And so if I pinpoint a leader and I'm like, ooh, I really love this style of leadership and not all of it, just this part, then I choose to learn in that way. So not to say that I don't read books. Of course, I read books. But I don't hang my hat on consistently needing to digest other people's content because I believe that being self-led is about collective knowing. And so a lot of people will do this thing, and I'm sure that this happens for you all the time, right? You tell somebody something that's absolutely amazing and totally, you're totally brilliant. You have your own thing. And they say, oh my God, who taught you that? It's like, bitch, me. <laughs> I learned it. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Like I taught me that, right? And so they have this hierarchy of needing to hear from a place of authority of saying, oh, I read it in so-and-so's book. I got news for you. So-and-so is just a human as well. And so we are all just as capable of holding on to any collective knowledge or creating a, an amazing strategy or a new way of doing things as anybody else on the place, face of the planet. And so it is the challenge of believing that. So my style of leadership is allowing myself to be self-led through collective knowing and not needing to lean or hang my hat on 
something that somebody else wrote in a book because I know that the knowledge that I am delivering is just as powerful, just as potent, as just as impactful as Joe Dispenza, as Joe Dispenza or anybody else on the face of the planet. Yeah, I think that's a really important place when you get to say, okay, maybe they're an authority, but why am I not an authority too, right? Why does everybody have to know from, quote unquote, somebody more important and who determines like who is more important? All of that has always been like very confusing to me. A couple weeks ago, I went to a big business conference and posted like an Instagram story or something after. And it was interesting to me. I watched all these like big, incredible business speakers, very successful people. And I looked at them and I was like, you're just a human being. There's nothing special about you. Don't get me wrong. You're very smart and you've done some things great, but you're just a human being. And I think when I started to learn, why is what you say so different and so better than maybe what I figure out or have to say? And that was such a life-changing moment for me to be like, all right, these are like the speakers on stage, TED Talks, walking around, but they're not that different than you and I. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a third arm. Right? They just don't. Like and maybe a few a- more brain cells, but like just a few. <laughs> I mean, they have more experience mm-hmm. and really what they have that we don't have is more mistakes, right? What I realized walking into, I paid for a $55,000 mastermind. Okay. And so I had these expectations of what was going to happen when I walked through the doors. I kind of thought of the gates of heaven. There was going to be golden light coming out of like everybody's aura when you walk into that room. And you know what? I got behind that door and they were all people. (laughs) They were all people, right? That all had the same problems, the same complaints, the same bullshit that all of us had. It's just that they had applied more intensity to making mistakes. They had kept their feet on the fire a little bit longer than the average person, but they weren't special. I mean, we're all special in our own way, right? right? But like, weren't special special. They, they didn't have wings or anything. They were just boring old people. And once I realized that, I started giving myself permission to be exceptional. I am exceptional. I know I'm exceptional. And that's why I create exceptional results because I vibrate in the frequency of really understanding that I am extraordinary and that extraordinary is ordinary. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And no, nobody has wings. They're not that more important. We are absolutely capable of that. So, Nicole, we are running low on time. But before we head out, do you have any last thoughts that you want to share with our audience? In being the person that went from zero to a million in 13 months, Obviously, this attracts a lot of attention. It turns a lot of heads. And one of the best things that you can do inside of your business is one, sell results that you absolutely have. Don't try and sell results that are above your level. Just sell what you have. I promise you it's good enough. I promise you that there are people that are just two steps behind you who will be thrilled to have you um, helping them to get to that next level. You don't need to pretend that you're bigger than you are. You can just be your true self. And that's what allowed me to climb. I didn't skip any steps. I did it exactly the same as everybody else. I just did it faster. But the reason why I was able to do it faster was because I was willing to make mistakes. And I was in the mindset of understanding that I needed to be solution oriented for every problem that came across my plate. And that meant when I was really shitty at sales, I went and bought a sales course. And when I was really shitty at running funnels, I went and bought a funnel course, right? As soon as I figured out that there was a constraint in my life, I took action on it because here's the real definition of self-sabotage. It's knowing what's wrong and not doing anything about it. So allow yourself to be your true self, believe in yourself a little bit more each day. But as soon as you identify a constraint, 
promise yourself that you will alleviate it because you don't deserve to suffer. You deserve to be successful and success comes from fulfillment first. I love that. And so important to to realize these are my constraints, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person or bad human or not meant to be here. That just means I got to work on that thing, just like I'm sure everybody else has. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. That was so inspiring. And I know there are some actions that we talked about that I'm going to go implement right now to talking with my clients, figuring out their greatest desires. But if our audience absolutely resonated with what you had to say, wants to find you or work with you in the future, where can they go find you? Well, first of all, I have a little free gift for your audience today, Christy, because I know everybody wants more and better clients. (laughs) (laughs) So if you go to nonstopnotifications.com, That will give you access to my 100 wonderful ways to get more and better clients. And I would love to have you all in the Facebook group. It's called Unicorn Client Attraction Secrets for High Vibe Wonder Women. And in my world, Wonder Woman is a mindset. It's not a gender bias. So everyone is welcome. And if you are extra adventurous, come check me out on my podcast that is in the explicit category under Real Unicorns Don't Wear Pants. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here, Nicole. I know I have found so much value and I'm certain our audience has. And we're just so thankful to have you. And to our CEOs, we will see you next week.